Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wellness Myth, the podcast where we take a hard look at the nutrition and wellness industry through a no bullshit lens. My name is Emily, and I'm an anti-diet, intuitive eating, registered dietitian and yoga teacher. And my name is Vanessa. I am also a registered dietitian, and I specialize in hormones. Emily and I met back in college when we were studying to be dietitians, and we basically never left each other's side since the moment we met. And post-grad, we haven't really left each other's side either. We live across the country from each other, but that hasn't stopped us from being business partners and talking almost every minute of every day. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Wellness Myths, and today we are talking about nutrition for immunity. This has been quite the hot topic, I think, as we move into the winter seasons. We already did an episode on nutrition for COVID and supplementation and all that. There might be some repeats, but we're really going to take a much broader look today in this episode. Yeah, and when I, I was thinking about doing this episode earlier today, and in thinking about this, I was like, you know, sometimes people are much more like critical of, you know, a home remedy or something like that. And I was like, why is that? Why is someone like, oh, my gosh, like, why don't you just take like we're going to talk about oil of oregano today. And I've had people tell me, like, why don't you just take cough medicine? And it's so weird. I'm like, what is this? Is it just like the human ego that's like, oh, like something that I don't know what that is, but it's at the store and it has a label on it and it says it's going to like be good for my cough. And like this other thing, I don't know, it's like too like nature-y. And they're like, yeah, that must be bad. I think it's like this weird, like, it's so funny, right? Because I live in Portland. I live on the West Coast. It's like, I have like so much of the opposite where it's like, I would never take cough syrup. Like, it's so bad for me. Like, I only take things in nature. Like, I feel like both of those like types of attitudes are really like binary. And you're thinking that you can only have like one sort of solution where it, in reality, like different things are indicated all the time and like both of those might be helpful to you at different spaces but it's so funny to see like everybody's bias against like or for natural remedies yeah it's it's very interesting but as you'll see emily and i are definitely all for it but the biggest thing is making sure that your immune system is strong so your best bet is trying not to get sick at all and avoiding it because once you're sick then you know that kind of leads you down a road you're you know already in the back seat so it's kind of hard to then you're fighting it which obviously you can use nutrition to do you know maybe paired with some other things as well but our best bet is trying to prevent when we can yeah i feel like a lot of our conversation today is going to be preventative like actual tools that you can use in your routines to try and kind of avoid the sickness that like pretty much everybody has right now i'm not i might sound a little sick today it's just allergies i swear but you know i think the most important thing and we're going to break down like nutrition nutrients and the immune system in a second but you really need to look at your risk factors and make what adjustments are helpful and accessible for you like you might listen to some of the things we say today and be like i don't really feel like that applies to me or i don't need to do that yeah like that's the point. everything is really individualized 
this, of course, is a general conversation, but it's up to you to kind of parse through and be like, okay, what am I at risk for? What am I not? Like, you know, I was just thinking about how I gave Matt these like big ass immunity supplement pills and they're like huge. Like they have so many different things in them. He doesn't mind taking pills. He did accidentally chew them to like horrible results he's like fyi you're not <laughs> supposed to chew these i'm like yeah no shit but like his have a lot of different types of com- components in them i feel like maybe he doesn't always eat as varied as i do or eat as regular or enough food sometimes and so i'm like okay i feel like this is a good option for him whereas for me it's like i'm like maybe i don't need all that extra stuff i'm just gonna stick with one particular supplement like you can make little choices based on kind of what you have already going on in your life um And we'll talk more about this later, but if you don't have the proper basics down, like sleep, stress management, you know, keep your focus in on that. We're not going to dive deep into that today because it's not what we're talking about. But if you don't have those things down or that you're not having a plan for those things, focus in on that first. I don't want you to waste waste your time doing all this extra shit that you don't need. Okay, so let's kind of talk about what each nutrient does. So we have vitamin C. Everybody knows the associations with that and sickness, which we're going to get into. Vitamin C is like the OG of immunity. I feel like it's like the sexy immunity vitamin. Everybody knows about it. Everybody is like, you know, at the slightest sniffle, like take your vitamin C. So it's it's well documented and people are here for it. Yeah, and I'm going to kill the mood a little bit later on that, so stay tuned. But it enhances microbial killing and can reduce acute respiratory infections. Like I said, first sign of a sniffle. Vitamin A. It also reduces your chances of getting scurvy, just something you should care about if you are doing the carnivore diet. Yes, vitamin (laughs) C deficiency is so real. Okay, vitamin A and vitamin E, both of those improve innate immune functioning. It helps serum levels of immunoglobulin and production of specific antibodies. You've got vitamin D that helps by fighting respiratory infections and tuberculosis. Iron helps your immune system. Folic acid improves cell immunity. Zinc can help your immune system or your immune cells function better. Prebiotics and probiotics, all of our listeners should know these. It can improve local immune response and gut health. So those are just kind of like the key nutrients that we're looking at overall for immunity and that you might want to look for those specifically if you're looking at like a multivitamin for immunity or something like that. I know this is kind of what I did when I was selecting my partner's immune system vitamin. And a quick mention about, so I know Emily just mentioned prebiotics and probiotics. And I think that's something else that's a pretty popular idea, which is true, is the gut is really, really important for so many things. But actually 70% of our immune system resides in the gut. So that is huge in making sure you have a really healthy gut. And that starts with eating the prebiotic and probiotic foods along with fiber. I think we have a whole gut health episode. We're probably due to record a new one soon here, but the role of the gut in immunity definitely can't be overstated. For sure. And probiotics are going to be those fermented foods, prebiotics, leeks, garlic, onions, artichokes, but you're going to, we have a whole episode about that. So you could, you could listen there, but it is, it is a big component for sure. 
So I'm going to talk about zinc first and partly because this is the vitamin that I'm supplementing with this season. And for a couple of reasons, I feel like everybody's always like, what do you do as a dietitian or something? And we like never answer. It was like the one time I will. Partially because I already had a bottle of zinc in my at-home pharmacy that I'm running. I have like 800 supplements. So I already had it. So that was like the convenience of that factor. But zinc is in a lot of foods that are animal products. And since I don't eat those, felt like kind of a good, good choice. There's a lot of data about zinc and the immune function benefits of zinc. And really, deficiency in zinc was only discovered in the 1960s. Did you know that, Vanessa? Mm, I don't think I knew that. No. Yeah, it's like a newer thing. And zinc is involved in regulating immune cells. So what we're trying to do with zinc is have just enough so that you have balanced immune cell numbers and functions, and you have a balance between your tolerance and defense of your immune system. So if you don't have enough zinc, you might have inflammation, you'll just have less T cells resulting in less immunity. If you have too many, then things can go the opposite way. It's really similar as if you don't have enough. So I definitely want to caution everybody. 40 milligrams a day is the upper limit. Like I personally take about 15. I don't really take it like every single day, but it just totally depends where you're coming from on that. You just don't want to be taking too much. So be aware. It's like, like we say all the time, you can definitely have too much of a good thing and you're not like just loading on zinc pills just in case to like really up your immune system. It will have the opposite effect. And yeah, just... there's all there's always a downstream effect. Like if you take too much zinc, it can cause a copper deficiency. So it's like you think you're doing one good thing and then you're setting something else kind of out exactly. of whack. So you definitely want to so... be careful. It's so funny you mention that, too, because my zinc supplement is chelated zinc and it has copper in it as well for better absorption. So if you're going to get a zinc supplement, you might look at that and to make sure that you're not in the situation like Vanessa is talking about. If you are taking zinc and you're noticing diarrhea, stomach pain, vomiting, nausea, those are signs you're taking too much. It's not good. Back off. Again, like we can't really. Sorry. Quick interjection there. Also, if you're noticing that your stomach hurts after eating zinc. Make sure you're eating. Zinc is a supplement that like you cannot take on an empty stomach. You will feel very, very ill. I actually 100%. did this the other day. I was on my way to work and I like all of a sudden started feeling so ill. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, am I going to puke? I was like, do I need to turn around? Can I not go to work today? What's going on? And I had mm. I had taken zinc in the morning and I did eat, but I just didn't eat very much. Um, like I yeah. was kind of just eating because I was taking that supplement right then. And I <laughs> then finally I was like, oh, that's why I like feel like I need to like pull over and throw up because I did not eat oh. enough with the supplement. <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't tell me that. I'm like shocked, actually. Yeah, it was horrible. Wow. And, you know, you don't always need a supplement, right? Like food sources of zinc can be meat, fish, eggs, poultry, dairy, beans, chickpeas, and tofus also have zinc. You can get them from fortified breakfast cereal. Oysters. There's always a lot of zinc in oysters <laughs> as if that's like a usual part of anyone's diet. Um, like, for example, 3.4 milligrams of zinc are found in a cup of beans and a cup of chicken has 2.1 milligrams of zinc. 
So likely you're already intaking some zinc in your diet, but if you're thinking that maybe you don't include a lot of foods like this, they're not daily for you, from 8 to 11 milligrams or so per day is recommended as a supplement. If you have a deficiency, they might give you anywhere between 15 to 40. And as you age, zinc deficiency is even more prevalent. So this can be way more indicated for the elderly. Yeah, zinc is definitely a great supplement and something that I always have in my little personal pharmacy as well. It's also something, just side note, for people who have high androgens, it can help lower your testosterone if that's something you are looking to do. I did not know that. Thank you. You're welcome. You just love that I didn't know something and you got to talk. Yeah, I could like feel the like excitement coming from your body right now. <laughs> so one of Emily and I's favorite supplements when we have a sore throat or cough or we feel it coming on, really when you feel it coming on is the best time to take this. I typically don't take it preventatively. I think Emily has been this year because she's like extra afraid of getting sick. I have. I've been rubbing it all <laughs> over my feet like almost every night except that I was I like read some research that said you're not supposed to use it all the time so then I backed off a little bit but I'm still putting it on my feet. Yeah so it is oil of oregano and I really want to make a distinction here because if you type in oil of oregano into your computer browser to order some what will pop up most likely will be oregano oil, essential oil, or oregano, yeah, essential oil, which is not the same thing. There is a sector of people that eat essential oils, and that is not safe to do and not something we recommend. Um, so if I had to really, like, the other day I had to, which I'll laugh if she's listening to this, but my friend, like, offered me a spray of peppermint oil and water mixed together to put and I was like oh like for my you know wrist or my like sleeve I was like no right in the mouth and I was like oh no and I was like I don't want to crush any like dreams or excitement here but man like you can't be doing that like it's just <laughs> it's not it's not good to eat them it's so not good to eat them well and the thing is is essential oils aren't made to eat so like we don't really know what you know, how they were processed, like what the standards are, are kind of all over the place. So like, it's not something you want to ingest. If you want to diffuse it, awesome. Even if you want to put it on your skin, fine, but I would not put it in your mouth. And with some essential oils, they're not even good to put on your skin directly. You want to put them on with a carrier oil. So, um, so yes, big distinction here. There is oil of oregano that is a supplement. You can get it in a capsule or a dropper and there is oregano essential oil which would also be a liquid of course they are made in different ways the essential oil is much stronger and should not be eaten or it's more concentrated whether you decide to use a capsule or dropper if you're interested in oil of oregano i don't know that there's any research out there directly that says one is better than the other i personally like the liquid better. I think it works better from my own anecdotal experience. I know Emily likes to rub it on her feet. I put it under my tongue and then I gurgle with it. It does not. It's feel just so tongue. it's so brutal. Like it's just so Vanessa loves like recommending stuff and then like not telling anyone like you're gonna be like in another dimension like absolutely hating your <laughs> life when you do this but like do <laughs> Okay, I fully disclose it is not a great experience. It burns, but it works really well. Like if I'm starting to get a sore throat, 
I will do that. And especially if I catch a read on at the beginning, um, a lot of times it'll curb it completely and I won't end up getting sick. And even if I do have a very sick throat or sore throat, I will still do it to try to, you know, decrease the length of, you know, how long that sore throat lasts and things like that. And there has been studies that show that it has had positive effects with people with upper respiratory infections. In one study compared to a placebo group, those who, these people used it in a spray mixed with eucalyptus, peppermint, and rosemary, and they had reduced symptoms of sore throat, hoarseness, and cough compared to the placebo. So it's definitely something that has a little bit of research. It doesn't have a ton, and that's something, too, that I feel like you'll look in a lot of literature, and it'll say, like, we need more research on this. And yeah, we probably do, but also, like, anecdotally for myself and a lot of people I know, it works. It's generally safe. So I would say it's worth giving it a try if that's something you're interested in. And you're not like allergic or anything like that. <laughs> right. Like it's it's almost like you're not really going to harm yourself. So like why not give it a shot? I think again, it's like looking at like what are your specific risk factors and what do you think's going on? Like oil veredo is more of a viral fighter rather than like microbial or bacteria. And so like thinking about like if you know what's going on with you, like there's so many different tools for different things. So sometimes it's like just throwing stuff at it and seeing what works and what mm-hmm. doesn't. You're usually and feeling like pretty desperate when you're sick. So it is primarily known as an antiviral, but it actually has antibacterial properties as well and antifungal. Cool. I don't know why the antifungal. I was like thinking of like people with like fungus feet. And then I was like, would that work? (laughs) Like rub a little bit of like oil of oregano on it. Honestly, it's worth a try. Why not? It's worth a try. Literally, why? And then I think we mentioned this, that you rub it on your feet. So I said a lot of times I put it under my tongue. You can rub it on your feet. If you do that, make sure you put socks on. You probably don't want to get like oil around your whole house. So yeah. you'd want to put like are a, necessary. Pair of, yeah, a pair of thick socks on after you put it on your feet. And I don't mind the smell of it personally, but it's, it's a different smell and it's strong. So that's something to kind of be aware of too. Totally. I think also too, people are always kind of wondering like what's a specific immunity boosting food? And there's like no one answer to this. Definitely. I mean, fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Like, you know that this is like leads back to the conversation we had during the COVID episode where it's like people are always like, why is everybody saying get the vaccine but not eat fruits and vegetables? It's like, I don't know what message you missed. We've been saying that. Everybody kind of knows that. So I don't want to go into like the obvious things too much. What you might not really be thinking of is the fact that you don't want to skip meals. You want to eat enough calories. That's like a huge one, especially if you're dieting. Lack of calories, lack of protein, lack of nutrition in general as a whole can be detrimental to your immune system. So avoid dieting, avoid restricting, don't skip meals. Which is funny, I think, because a lot of times people think of dieting as something that's healthy. And so so they're thinking like, I'm on a diet, I'm restricting. And in actuality, you may not be getting enough nutrition and you may be harming your immune system, among other things. And sure, you might be including like usually when people are dieting, I mean, dieting is such a broad term, so I don't really like to talk like this, but like 
you know, <clears throat> usually people are dieting, they're including a lot of fruits and vegetables. That's great. But if you don't have enough calories, you don't have enough protein, it's not really going to do anything. Like those are, those are like your additives, not your basic building blocks. Like we said at the beginning, if you're super, super stressed and have no coping tools, if you're super sleep deprived, like these things might not have a huge impact on you. And I'm not saying that to be mean or to be like, you can't do these. I mean, you you totally can. It's just like, I want you to keep your expectations kind of tempered on it. And I don't want you to feel like you have to intake all of this new information if those basics are happening. Don't worry about it. Just focus on them. a couple foods that have been shown to be positive for your immune system walnuts right they've got omegas they have vitamin e in them flax seeds brazil nuts another one brazil nuts have selenium in them you need like two brazil nuts a day to get your source of selenium antioxidant in and there's not really very many other foods that have that so brazil nuts would be definitely a really good idea trader joe's sells them like pretty reasonably priced that's where i get mine and you can put them in your smoothie you can just have them as a snack whatever that's definitely one that's a little more under the radar i think consumption of cauliflower cabbage brussels sprouts all those cruciferous veggies have a good result against microbial infection it has an active component called isothiocinate cyanates and helps in regulating gut metabolism. So those are kind of like the few foods that I saw floating around the research. There's more, like there's definitely more foods out there that can be helpful. But like we said, we went through that list of vitamins with you. Any food that has those vitamins, it's going to be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Another nutrient that I wanted to bring attention to, and this is more in relation to the gut, is glutamine. So glutamine is important for the gut, but it's also important for your white blood cells. So your white blood cells require glutamine for proper function. So that means maybe a supplement might be a good idea. You can also find glutamine in things like bone broth, which everybody seems to love like in the last five years. But if you're someone who is vegan or vegetarian, you might just look at doing a supplement. And if you're someone who is interested in bone broth, you could buy some that's on the market. There's tons of different brands now, but you can also make it quite easily. So if you have a crock pot, if you have like a farm near you, they almost always have bones that you can get for pretty cheap. So of course you can, you know, buy it easily at the store, but it's really, it's really pretty cheap and simple to make too, if that's something that you're interested in doing. You can just freeze, keep in your fridge, whatever you want to do. This is like the perfect segue into me talking about some myths and about immune boosting nutrients because the number one one is about soup and like chicken noodle soup, especially because like at the end of the day, like that's has a lot of those same components. Mm -hmm. And it's I was like reading it was like in an article and it was talking about like, OK, like chicken soup can help you feel better. Like we know like comforting, like that kind of thing. Honestly, every single time I'm sick, we make like a vegan chicken and dumpling soup situation where like anytime anyone else is sick, I will make it for them. Like more than anything, it just feels good. Like especially if your throat hurts, you like want something warm. You don't want to chew things. hundred percent like, feels good in your throat, too. Yeah, and there's no like specific like study about chicken noodle soup, but we know that like the vegetables in chicken noodle soup can, you know, help fight inflammation. We know liquids, like it's an easy way to get in a lot of liquids. I feel like everything at the end of the day, we're like, it's probably just because it hydrated you. And that's like another one. Like 
it's like celery juice last week like i mean yeah but like it's also hydration bringing it back to like kind of the basics i also wanted to touch on vitamin c because there's a lot of like interesting research about this vitamin c might shorten the duration of your sickness like vanessa said right when you feel sick loading yourself up that's positive that's about like eight grams daily that you want to take within 24 hours of symptom onset and do that for at least five Wait, days eight grams yeah that's what it said that's i read the study i know i know holy toast like if you so for audience if you're like if eight grams just seems really ambiguous to you if you're thinking of like an emergency packet, I feel like most people are pretty familiar with that or airborne. Usually that is a thousand milligrams. So if you take that, so that would be one gram. And eight yeah. grams is still <laughs> holy That's toast. That's what it okay. says. I know. I think like people think like vitamin C can keep you from not getting sick. And that's like, it's just true. Like doesn't really do anything like for the preventative, you know, it's reasonable too, like that you can get this the amount of preventative like from your like you're eating enough vitamin C. No one has a vitamin C deficiency. Otherwise, you'd have scurvy and your teeth would be bleeding. Your gums would be bleeding. You would know like you, everybody gets enough pretty much. But, you know, regular supplementation might have a place in special populations like people who are under like, super high stress or people that like a marginal vitamin c status for whatever reason but otherwise there's not really a reason for you to be like over like loading yourself up constantly on this supplement preventatively there's not really like a ton of consistency among the data so i think something important to think about here though when we're talking about so if you are not necessarily taking vitamin c on a daily basis because like emily said you're going to get that you know from your food but when we think about getting sick, we also don't want you to wait until you're like hacking up along and like till you're like, oh, I'm definitely sick. I would look for those beginning signs of like, man, I, you know, I had a good night's of sleep, but I'm, I'm pretty worn out today. Like those like very, very beginning yeah. stages of hmm, like something's kind of weird. Nothing has happened like that. I'm necessarily symptomatic yet, but I'm noticing my body. Oh, I'm a little, you know, maybe a little tired, sluggish, kind of those very, very first signs. And that's when, you know, supplementing with vitamin C or oil of oregano or some of these other supplements we talked about, it would be a really, really good time to start right then. Definitely. And a lot of products are kind of selling that to you like as an ongoing basis and so I just kind of wanted to touch in on that because I think that that supplement particularly gets a lot of play and there's been a lot of like do you remember when we were in school and like one of our professors was telling us like you know there was sort of a like hypothesis without data behind it and then like community just went wild with it and that was never like fully proven as like this immune boosting supplement like ever. But just like this one doctor was like, yeah, it is. And so then like everything just went kind of crazy. It kind of reminds me of like weight and like fat phobia and stuff. If you've listened to our episodes on that. But yeah. Do you remember that? No, clearly. No, no. I don't. Yeah. It wasn't like advanced human nutrition. Anyways, but so I think it's good to like just keep yourself aware with that, that yeah, vitamin C can totally have a place, but it's it's kind of a large myth in that it can just like prevent you from getting sick in general 
when you're healthy. But borderline, eat your fruits and veggies so you get enough vitamin C every day and you don't have to supplement any extra. There you go. So along with all of those supplements and different foods that Emily and I were talking about and, you know, just generally trying to eat a diet that has lots of fruits and veggies, lots of fiber, lots of those things that are going to keep you well, you also want to think about the lifestyle factor. So Emily mentioned this before, like if you're super stressed out, you know, thinking about supplementing, like you're going way too far ahead, like you need to go back like 10 steps and start by addressing the stress. But things like, you know, poor sleeping habits, lack of exercise, being deficient in nutrients like vitamin A, B, iron, zinc, excessive or strenuous exercise, having gut issues, all of those things are going to contribute to lower immunity. So you want to think about those things too. So if you are starting to feel sick and you're going out to dinner with friends, hopefully if you're starting to feel sick, maybe you just stay home. But maybe you're at that very beginning stage where you're just a little worn out and you're not sure if it's because you've had a long day or if you are maybe starting to get sick. Like maybe choosing to not order a glass of wine or a cocktail, maybe ordering a mocktail instead because things like alcohol are, are going to have a negative effect. And Emily and I did a whole episode on alcohol and people don't always appreciate when we say this, but there's just like no way to cut it other than like alcohol is poison. It's fine to engage with, but it ha- it's, it's not health promoting. Like it, we've tried to make up all these stories for ourselves, <laughs> like, you know, make it OK that we drunk, drink alcohol and it is OK that we do, but it's not health promoting. Like that's bottom line. It's not it's. It's just, it's just not, even if you mix it with kombucha. Even if you mix it with kombucha. We used to do that a lot. Yeah. 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 And I mean, the fact that like it can have this like cascading effect of then you're not sleeping as well. And sleep is like the most important thing when you're battling some sort of infection, virus, whatever. So it's really important to kind of check in with yourself on all of that and you know, looking at your specific risk factors and your specific behaviors when it comes to keeping your immune system kicking this year. And also it's been a while since we've been fully out around people, no COVID mitigation efforts happening. So you might find yourself getting a little more sick than usual this year, and that's normal. And your immune system is not tied to your morality. It's okay if you're sick, that's fine. We just wanted to give you some good tips so that you don't feel like you are alone and you have a lot of helpful aids that you can call on that we've provided you, for you. Yeah. And if you have any questions about um, nutrition for immune support, let us know. And also let us know if you started trying any of the things that we mentioned in this podcast and if that helped you. Absolutely. And stay healthy, everybody. Happy holidays.